I've been wrestling with some things about the church. I'm not talking about the meaning of this church, but I'm talking about the, the ministry of the, the church in general. There's a lot of things that are left out of the church that was, would have never been left out during the book of Acts. Amen. During the times when the apostles were preaching and even all the way back to Cain and Abel. You know, I don't know about you if you know it or not, but there's a real devil. Amen. He ain't sleeping. Uh, his goal is to destroy mankind. His goal is to take you away from God. His goal is to make sure men go where he's going. Eternal judgment in hell. But have we overlooked the devil in the church? Uh, I don't hear his name mentioned much anymore. I don't hear no one binding him anymore. I don't hear standing against the infirmities of whatever, sickness or COVID or, you know, it's, 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 it, we're in a troubling time in the church because a lot of people are look, overlooking the devil. Some of them, they think he's not even significant. Bald, you believe that he goes to church. <laughs> he's out there to lie to the people. He wants to make sure he can distract. Look at it now. Why do you think most people are not in church tonight? Because of their fear of the COVID disease. And he, he likes it that way. But he's not going to win. Amen? I felt so bad we didn't, couldn't have church the last couple of... Because I said, God, God said, you preach, boy. So don't worry about what, how much you're sitting in that, that audience. You make sure. We don't only have this audience. We have an audience in, in, on the Internet that are listening. Amen? So we got to keep on preaching. You know, the devil is called by a lot of names. Slewfoot. Uh, the deceiver. The uh, liar. The father of all lies. You know what I'm talking about. He has many names. Lucifer. I mean, many, many, many names in the Bible. But to me, the name that rings out the most of all is he's a liar. And the father of all lies. Uh, turn with me to First Peter real quick. Uh, how many know that we're in a war? And there's a battle taking place, Chucky. Listen, we have a place right now in a place where we have to fight for our church. We have to fight for our families. We have to fight for, for all that we love. Because Satan is coming to take it away. He's coming to steal whatever God gives us. He wants to rob us. You know where he starts at? He starts in our own heart. He tries to get us away from God. He tries to get us away from the things of the Lord. He don't want us to pray. He doesn't want us to. Listen, he don't mind you being religious. I talked about that the last time I preached when I talked about faith. You know when Moses was going through the desert? Uh, as long as God was doing the mighty things, as long as God was parting the Red Sea, as long as God was, you know, doing all those great things, they were all praising. But after a while, they, they started complaining against Moses. Very religious people. They wanted everybody in Moses to know, we can hear from God like you. Who do you think you are? Moses was the man of God. God chose to rule the children of Israel, to bring him out of, out of Egypt. And they mocked Moses. They wanted to stone him sometime. Religious people. People that thought they knew God. And what did happen? You know you only got religious people go to church? Let me tell you something, brothers. I saw some wing dingers. I've watched some phonies. I've watched some put them, put them, put them on them, uh, whatever you want to call them, uh, just fakes. <laughs> some people that this was 
looking for attention. And today they're not serving the Lord. But as a Christian, as a believer, our main mission is to know who our enemy is. Amen? I said it a while back when I was preaching about being a good soldier. You know, when a man goes to boot camp, they beat every little bit of pride he got left in him. They'll, they'll beat him and shape him into a soldier. Hallelujah. Uh, there'll be no mama to, to call upon or daddy to call upon. You either do what you told or you're going to pay the price. They learn their weapons on how to use those guns. And they, they can tear them apart blindfolded, Chucky, when they finish with those soldiers. They knew exactly what they were going against. They knew exactly what their weapon could do. They knew how to put it together with their eyes closed. I mean, these men, if they had a little weight on them, they came back slim, trim, mean, green machines, man, ready to fight a battle, fight a war. But, you know, the Bible teaches us right here, he says, be sober. And that don't mean not be drunk. <laughs> it means to be alert. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, who's the devil? Your adversary. Who's the devil? Your enemy. Who's the devil? He's the one that wants to stop you. He wants to take and destroy everything you have. That's what he wants. He wants to kill anything he can put his hands on. He wants to destroy and discourage and defeat anybody he can defeat. And you know what's bad about it? He does it so often because the church, the people of God, are not reading. They're not seeking God. They're not seeking God's answers. Hallelujah. They're not seeking God's direction. They just think the preacher can preach the devil away from them. No, he can't. They think the preacher can speak everything into their lives. No, he can't. He, you have to fight him yourself. We're only here to give you the weapons to use. Amen. We're only here to give you a word that you can fight your adversary, the devil, with. But if you don't know how to use it, you don't know how to take that gun apart and put it black, blindfolded. If you can't learn to use the weapons God gave you, hallelujah, you'll be defeated. you got to be alert. you got to be vigilant. you got to be ready. you got to be awake. you got to be ready to fight. Because your adversary is like a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. I like to tell this, and it's the truth. You ever watch those wilderness programs? You ever watch those lions when they're getting ready to attack their prey? Notice that they just don't jump out and grab one. They, they just scope it out. They look for the one that's lagging behind. They look for the one that's not falling where he's supposed to be. They look for the weak one. And when they, got, when they take off, they, look, they can have a, a, a deer right in the side of them. They won't go after them. They're going after the one they set their eyes on. And that's like the devil. He sets his eyes on people. He looks for the weak. He looks for those that are dragging behind, lagging behind. That's the ones he wants. He's going to fight the spiritual, the strong ones, but he's going to go for the weak ones first, Chucky. He's going to look like a lion. He could be roaring. He's going to blend into the surroundings. You ever notice that? He, 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 he puts himself in the, in the desert or wherever. He blends himself into the surroundings. And he, and he comes out. When he gets his eyes fixed on one, he's gone. Notice, he he's, he's, he's off to the races. He's going to find that lion. He's going to get the one he set his eyes on. 
How dangerous is Satan? Let me tell you something. I was brought up a lot in the charismatic realm, and some of it was true, and some of it was dangerous. Because, because they taught you, oh, just put the devil under your foot. You can do whatever you want with the devil. Don't believe it. <laughs> the devil likes to hear you think that way. And when he comes after you with that kind of attitude, and you don't know the word of God to save your life, he's going to destroy you. Yeah. One taught to fight the good fight of faith. One taught to take the word and stand upon the word. Oh, just put the devil under your foot. Blah, 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 blah. Everybody thought they were some super spiritual giants, and a lot of them would fall. Yeah. A lot of them would fail. Some of them died yeah. with that mentality. Because they hadn't put the devil under their foot. All that was is feeding their pride. You know what I'm saying? I can put the devil under my feet, man. I got him under my feet. Uh, no, listen, the devil is nothing to play with. And I'm not trying to exonerate him or make him sound wonderful. He's not. He's evil. He's deceitful. He's a liar. But he, he's very wise in what he does. He's been doing it for 6,000 something years. He's been deceiving mankind. He's been lying to mankind. Come on, somebody. I think about Solomon, one of the wisest men ever lived in the Bible. And they're probably backslidden. Man that heard from God numerous times, verbally, Chucky. God spoke to him, went get him a thousand wives and built temples and gods today, his, 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 his strange women. They're always idolaters, so he'd build them some temples to their gods and stuff. And God turned his back on Solomon. A man with such wisdom... Become one of the biggest fools maybe in the Bible. Because he listened to his own lust. He listened to his own flesh. God warned him not to take himself many wives. God said not to, not to do all this stuff. He did exactly, totally against what the word of God said. Solomon, the wisest man in the Bible, maybe became the biggest fool. Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary walking about like a roaring lion, seeking whom we may devour. Resist steadfast. Steadfast. Resist him. Steadfast. In the what? In the faith. How can you defeat the devil? Believe God. <laughs> Listen to me. When the devil tells you something, you tell him he's a liar. God said something different. My, my father will never tell me you'll never make it. My father never tell me I'm a loser. He'll never tell me you could never, you could never make it in life. God is an encourager. Now, if I'm in sin, he's going to deal with me. That's not what I'm talking about. But if I'm living for the Lord, the, devil, the, 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 the devil's delight, he'll come and try to discourage you and, and make you feel low and make you feel worthless. Hallelujah. That's the devil's job. Listen, if he can put doubt in your heart, he could, he could destroy you the rest of the way. He just has to start with a little seed of doubt. He just has to start with a little seed of discouragement. Listen, one time I was hearing a, uh, somebody say, and he's so right. The devil had a garage sale. And everybody was coming up, and, 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 and he had all his best tools, man. He had, you know, he had, he had, he had, he had discouragement. He had uh, fear. He had unbelief. He had all that stuff lined up. Somebody said, I want to buy that one. The devil said, I ain't selling you that one. That's my best tool. Discouragement. So if I can get somebody discouraged, I can take him the rest of the way. If I can make him feel 
useless. I can take him the rest of the way. If I can make him feel doubtful, I can take him the rest of the way. The devil's a liar. I'm going to read you these verses. You don't have to turn there. I don't know how long my voice is going to hold. <laughs> James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. And resist the devil, and he'll do what? He'll flee from you. Listen, when I come to the Lord, I, when I come to the Lord in prayer, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a spirit of submission. It's a spirit of surrender. When I come to God and say, God, I need you. I trust you. I want you to do something in my life. I want to serve you. That's a spirit of submission. See, Satan can't stand that when we do that. He can't stand that we put our complete trust in the Lord. He wants you to doubt God. He started from the very beginning when he told Eve, you sure God said? You remember that in the book of Genesis? When Eve, Eve said, God said we shouldn't eat it or touch it unless we die. He said, God, didn't, God just don't want you to know you can become like God. He got the devil, got Eve to doubt the word of God. He got Eve to doubt what God said. And if he can get us to doubt what God said, he'll do the same thing he did to Eve and Adam. Defeat them. A little lie. Deceived. And still today, that, that sin is still destroying mankind. Because it planted the heart of sin in man. Because Satan made man believe he was something he wasn't. Do you know there are preachers right now that call themselves little gods? I don't want to name no names, but some of you probably know who they are. And prosperity preachers calling himself little God. One said, Jesus said, I am. He said, I am too. He's calling himself just as the same thing Jesus is. He's saying he's a God. And you know how much people give money to these preachers? The very first lie that was told in the Bible was that the devil told Eve, you can become like God. Preachers today are saying, I am like God. The same lie has been told in the church. Amen. You know, I was thinking a lot, you know, talking about the election and stuff. And I won't get off on that, but I can tell you the number one problem with this election that just came up is that we placed a man <laughs> in the place of Jesus. Now, I like Trump. Believe me, I, pray, I, I voted for him. But I started watching a lot of Christians put more faith in what Trump was doing. And Trump was going to be the savior of the church. Some of them said, as long as he was president, we can preach the gospel. God don't need Donald Trump to be president that the gospel. Listen, I'm going to tell you some of the greatest men I've ever preached died preaching this gospel. When I think about the Roman emperors that murdered and slaughtered Christians by the millions, amen, the Catholic Church, when they started their inquisition, murdered millions and millions and millions of Christians because they wouldn't bow to the will of, of a, a false religion, amen. The gospel kept on growing. It grew bigger and stronger. And, more, and right now in the world, the, 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 most, the biggest church in, America, in the world today is in China. And they, they flee in persecution. They're on the ground. The church in China is growing, man, by leaps and by... They, 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 they can't preach over the television like, like other people do. They, they'll kill them. They, they, you, you don't submit to the, to the state church. They'll kill you. But yet the church is bigger in China than it is in America. 
You stop and think of persecution. Oh, we don't want to hear that word. We don't want to hear the time that maybe God's going to have to allow his church to go through persecution so it can get right. Many Christians are deceived to think the devil's, the devil's wooing them to sleep and thinking that everything's okay. As soon as the rapture happens, we'll be out of here. Well, I'm believing the rapture's going to happen. I believe the rapture's going to happen before tribulation, but we don't know if we're not going to have to die before that. Many Christians have been waiting for the same thing me and you are waiting. Today, they're being beheaded, slaughtered, murdered like cattle, man. Because they refuse to bow to the gods of this world and the religions of this world. They got more Christians dying right now throughout this world than it's ever been. It's happening, Chuck. It's happening all through the world. We ought to be praying for our brothers and sisters, man. That's another thing. Nobody talks about these, these Christians. Nobody talks about those that are being murdered and persecuted for the faith. We're too worried about who's going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> We're too worried about, about who's going to win the election. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> I don't want to get off into that stuff, but it's, it's happening. Jesus is the answer for his church, not Donald Trump or Joe Biden or Democrat or Republican. Jesus is the answer for his church. He's going to make this church grow. He's going to change lives and save souls because he said he would do it. We got to hold to the promise of Christ and what he said in his word. If we don't hold to that promise, we just assume shut the doors. If this is not about Jesus, if it's not about his power, it's about his glory, then what are we doing here? It has to be about Jesus. I'm going to read you a couple more verses. I believe this is the Lord tonight. Amen. Who's our enemy? The devil. Who's our adversary? Satan. What does he do? He's like a roaring lion. He's seeking but He can devour. He, do you know the devil wants to kill you? He, wants you? he can't do what he wants to you because God won't permit it. Because God holds him back. The Holy Spirit holds him back. Because he can't. Listen, Chuck, he can't kill you. Because God is holding him back. He can't do what he wants. Job, he had, a, he had a chance to destroy Job. But Job would not blame God. Job would not defy God. Job would not curse God. His wife told him, curse God and die. And then look, all of his kids are dead. All his riches are gone. He become balls from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Nine months laying in the dust of the earth in misery and suffering. But he would not defy God. He would not blame God. Oh, he asked God questions like we all do. But God told the devil, you saw my servant Job. There's none like him on the earth. Upright. Perfect. I don't know about you, but God ain't said that about me. <laughs> oh, God, I'm ashamed of that. But you know what? I'd want to be like Job. His wonderful Christian brothers came to exhort him. Yeah, sure. They said, the reason why you're going through what you're going through, because you sinned. You sinned against God. It wasn't true. Job said, if you show me what my sin, I'll, I'll repent of it. Show it to me. They couldn't show it to him. 
wonderful brothers in the Lord. When it comes to the end, if Job wouldn't have prayed for him, God might have killed him. That's what he says. You better go meet my servant Job. Told him, boys, and you should you be making let him pray for you. But Satan walks around, he uses people. He'll use people, he'll use anybody he can use to deceive you. I look at Leo Argier right there and I said, you know, he's young. But you're going to grow up, son. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to have to fight this devil. And it might necessarily be with a knife or a fist. It's going to determine how you're going to stay with the Lord. And, I'm not, and, you, and I, I tell my own children that. Church, you know, I tell listen, I can't, I can't save them. I got to teach them how to fight. <laughs> I can't bring them to heaven as much as I'd want to. I, I can't. I got to teach them how to get there themselves. And the only way they're going to get there is if they're going to fight. Listen, just coming to church is not going to save you. Thank God for church. Thank God it's a wonderful place to come. But it's not just sitting here is not going to do it. It's going to have to take what you learn and take it to, to the devil and fight. You got to look at Faith is the most important thing in your life. More than your wife, more than your children, more than your, whatever you have. That has to be the center point of your life. Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary. And, and you've got to center your heart on that. If you don't center your heart on that, Satan will come with a lot of other stuff. You see, yeah, you can be a Christian. You, know, you can have this and do a little this. You're going to find yourself so backslidden it will be unreal. You have to guard your heart. You have to fight. When my kids were growing up, there's some things they didn't understand about God. So me, mom, me and their well, mama had to fight with for them. But when he got to the age when he started understanding what the devil was, they had to learn to fight for themselves. And you know what? I see a lot of the fighting, they're fighting now, I fought. I fought. Because I didn't ever tell my children there wasn't a devil. We don't want to tell our kids there's a devil. We don't want to make them scared. I'd rather them be scared here than in heaven. They're not scared they end up being in hell. People say, I don't want to go to church. There's too many hypocrites. Well, I'd rather go to church with the hypocrites and go to heaven. Seriously. I, got, I, want to, I want to come. I want to learn. I want to grow. I want to, I want to know how to fight this enemy. Let me read you out of Hebrews, and I'm going to finish with this, okay? My, my voice is going to cracking up. <laughs> you can turn there if you want. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. Then we're going to jump. It's gonna... How many believe there's a real devil? Amen. How many believe he's not asleep? <laughs> You know how many times Chucky he tried to destroy this church? I was here. I watched this church packed out. But somebody wasn't happy. And another person wasn't happy. And everybody started dividing. Instead of listening to the gospel that was being preached, it was more about them or us than the word of God. It's not that we didn't have it. Brother Mike preached that message. I, I heard it, man. Listen, I, 
I, I, I knew he, he was telling the word of God. I know he was preaching it. And you know what? And, and, and now more than ever, I'm starting to cherish that very word. Starting to realize just how important it was. But people are not going to receive, not everybody goes to church receives the word of God. Some of them get mad. Some of them will get glad. Some of them will rejoice. Some will get frustrated. It's because there's, there's a couple of enemies. That's the world, the flesh, and the devil. Those three things are the biggest enemy to your faith. The devil will never agree with the word of God. All he knows is true. He has more faith in it than you. But he can't, he can't be saved. He can never be regenerated. He can never come to God. So he's going to do everything he can, even though he knows it's true. See, Satan knows the word of God is true. Don't think the devil doubts it. He wants you to doubt it. He wants you to doubt it. See, Satan's main goal is to take you out of the will of God. That's his job. But I don't believe that the devil... He knows the word of God is true. He knows it. And he knows the only way he's going to defeat God's people is to take that word away from them. All right? The Bible says the devil believes and trembles. He fears God. He fears God. The devil is no match for Jesus Christ. He's no match for the Father or the Holy Spirit. He can't defeat them, Chucky. He has no methods or no weapons to defeat them. The only thing he can do is try to steal your soul to hurt God. But he's not going to stop the Lord from coming. He's not going to stop the rapture from happening. He's not going to stop the healings from taking place. As long as God's people say, I trust you, Jesus. I submit to you, Jesus. I believe you, Jesus. He's defeated. Submit yourself, therefore, unto God, and resist the devil, and he'll flee. But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels. He came, he took upon the form of a man. He came, was born from the Virgin Mary, was born in flesh. He suffered in his flesh like we, you know, he was tempted like we all were tempted, but without sin. See, the difference between me and Jesus and us we were born of the seed of sinful man. In other words, our fathers. Jesus didn't have a sinful father. God was his father. So when he was born, there was no sin present in his life, Chucky. Adam and Eve, was, Adam was the same way. Adam, Adam was born of God. He, but when he decided, see, Jesus could have rebelled. Jesus could have gave up like Adam did and chose to sin, but he didn't. See, me and you, we're born with the sin of Adam. But Jesus wasn't born with the sin of Adam because he came straight from God. So Satan knew that was the only hope for mankind was that Jesus would die on the cross, a sinless sacrifice. I couldn't have died for your sins. You couldn't have died for my sins. And one preacher that said that, he said, I said, I can't believe this man got enough. He said, any Christian could die for the sins of the world. I said, what a blasphemous remark. And yet thousands and thousands of people follow this man. I, I, 
He needs to be, somebody needs to tell him something. And you're a liar. You're a deceiver. You're used of Satan. You're not a prophet of God. How in the world could I die? Oh, because I'm a Christian now. I'm like Jesus. I could die for the sins of the world. No, I'm not like Jesus. Born again. I'm a child of God, but I am not the Messiah. I'm not a little God. I can't die for nobody's sins. Jesus paid that price. So when he did that on the cross, he sealed that day of salvation for us. We should never, ever, ever neglect what he did at the cross. Because if, when you do that, you're backslidden. When you, you don't acknowledge anymore like a lot of these preachers are doing, you don't acknowledge that price that's paid at Calvary, you don't know God. You know, if you know God, you, you're going you're to not know him. Because unless you acknowledge that sacrifice at Calvary as the only hope for salvation, and man, that's the lie that Satan is trying to plant right now to stretch you to doubt that, to doubt that very sacrifice, to doubt the very commit that Jesus made for us, the great sacrifice he made at Calvary. Without that, we're lost. Without that sacrifice, there's no use coming to Sunday morning or any, any service to this church to try to preach something. If Jesus didn't die for my sins, it's useless. But he did. <laughs> he did. The biggest lie that Satan can tell is to tell you that Jesus is not enough. Oh, you got to have baptism. Oh, you got to have circumcision. Oh, you got to have whatever. The church adds to that. See, the church got rules you got to add to what already Jesus already did. Jesus, I don't know about you, but my Bible says Jesus said it is finished. When he died on the cross, he said, Father, it is finished. It's paid. All we have to do as believers is receive what he did at Calvary. And he says, but we see Jesus was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Might taste death for everyone. He died for the sins of the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And as much then as the children have partakers of the flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. He, I mean, he became a, a human man. He was a man, but he was Christ. He had a human body. He had, he had, he, 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 you know, he, he functioned like us. I mean, he ate, he slept, he got tired. I mean, everything the human body would, would, would deal with, he would deal with it. He had the same, the same effects on him. He himself likewise shared in the same that through death, and this is in verse 14 and 15, he might destroy him who had power, power of death, over death. That is the devil. What, what did the cross do? It destroyed him that had power. Over, see, before Christ came, Satan was the, he was the power of death. He had power over death. See, before Christ came, they would go to paradise, but they could never get to heaven. Even the Old Testament people that would die, they would go to a place called paradise. If you read in Luke chapter 6, 19, I think it is, where it says that the great, the, there's a rich man that died and, and a beggar that sat at his gate, which ate the crumbs. And to make the long story short, he died and the rich man went to hell. And the beggar went into Abraham's bosom. And there was a separation that separated both parts of that hell. The hell that 
the, the, the uh, beggar was on was the pleasant side. And the torment in hell, that's where the rich man was. He could see him. The rich man could see him. Since then, Lazarus dipped his finger in water and cooled my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. See, when, 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 when before Christ died, Satan had him locked up there. Even though he couldn't punish him in, in the burning fire, they couldn't get to God. So Jesus, when he died, he went and he preached to those in captivity. The Old Testament saints. And, they, and when he went back to heaven, they went with him. He opened that prison doors. It was like they was in a prison, but it wasn't in torture, but it wasn't with God. So he had to go down to paradise and preach to those souls, and they had to receive him. Then when he rose to the Father, they went with him. And you can look at Jeremiah, you can have Ezekiel, you can have uh, Samson, you can have all these mighty men. That Daniel, I mean uh, David, uh, uh, all these mighty men that was... In the old Noah, in the Old Testament, they had to wait till Jesus went down from the cross after he died and went down into paradise and preached to them before they could. That is the atoning power of God's blood. We, they were looking forward for his death and we're looking back to his death. See what I'm saying? That death was the most important thing to ever happen in mankind. Because that sealed redemption for man. Man don't have to go to hell anymore. Thank God. Hallelujah. They don't have to face judgment anymore. They, don't have, they can go to God now. The door is open. The, the, the curtains were torn back. I mean, you don't have to go into eternal judgment anymore. That's how important this message is. The biggest lie Satan ever told the world that Jesus wasn't the son of God. Jesus never died on the cross. What a lie. Take that out of the, the life of the, the creation of man. Take, take that out. Just take the, the death of Jesus, the, the cross away from man. What hope do we have? What hope would we have if we didn't have that? <laughs> if we didn't have the hope of eternal life with Jesus, with the Father through Jesus. Let me close right here. Praise God. I just thank God. That's, I don't know about you, but that's just this ministers to me. Praise God! How what what a hope we have in Jesus! 